0: Well, hello everybody, my name's JP and welcome to the first of our series of Christmas devotionals as we look at the six characters described by Matthew's Gospel in the Christmas story. Now, let me start with a question. I wonder what your strangest Christmas tradition is. Up until a few years ago, at the somewhat bizarre time to eat of four o'clock on Christmas Eve, My family and I would travel 15 minutes down an A road to a little chef restaurant and have an Olympic breakfast. Now, you thought that they all closed in the 1990s. Well, not the one in my hometown of Stoke. Uh, Me and my family seem to have kept that one going. I think it's because my parents wanted somewhere quiet to eat. It certainly was quiet. It was us and the truckers. And when my sister and I introduced our spouses to this tradition, both, for, somewhat, for some reason, thought it a little strange. Maybe they didn't get the rectangular lollipop on the way out. Would have made all the difference. Well, traditions give an indication of something greater, don't they? They're all about memories. They're all about how much you enjoy the bigger festival of Christmas. They make little sense out of context. You might be thinking that the little chef tradition makes little sense in context. But traditions are never forgotten, are they? They happen time and time again. And today we start by looking at God himself, the one who, let's be honest, we sometimes have to fight to remember in the rush of the preparations and the traditions of the day. We know he's worthy of all our praise and having his rightful place as king over and above all these traditions we enjoy. So how do we do that? How do we see God in the busyness of Christmas? Well, fortunately for us, this God, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is all over the story. Is less of a nativity cast and who's playing what role, and more of a doxology, a worshipful description of the one who defines all things. In fact, Matthew chapters 1 and 2 describe him as the Jesus of history and the Christ of the genealogy. He's the Lord who saves, the Messiah long promised. He's the ruler, the rescuer, the refugee, the sovereign, the shepherd, and the son. He's the spirit who brought about conception. He's Bethlehem's child marking the inception. He's the king gifted gold, the God gifted frankincense, the dead man walking with myrrh in more ways than they knew. Israel's better Moses. He's Israel's better story. This is the Lord. The Lord who sends the angels, who speaks, commands and appears. He's Emmanuel, God with And amongst us, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And worshipped yet targeted, he went and lived in the obscure town of Nazareth to fulfill all that had been foretold, knowing that one day he would save his people from their sins. Actually, when we see who he is, our little chef traditions pale into insignificance. We get captivated and see Christmas differently when we're amazed at him. But he's not just there in name or description. In fact, every detail of the story sings of his work. Its location in history speaks of a bigger story, his story into which we are now brought The genealogy takes us up to the coming of Christ. It's the culmination of the incarnation, and it speaks of fulfillment, of promises now realized, of the dawning of a new day. This story is about real people with real lives. It's about a pregnant mother, a nervous father, a deceptive king, and some intrigued stargazers. And it speaks of the God who for all his miraculous provision also works his purposes through normal people doing normal things. And the hearts that simply trust him in the ordinary detail, he supercharges with his purpose and provision. This story is full of God-ordained interruptions. There's 400 years of history without a prophetic voice. There's Joseph wrestling with how to do the right thing the seemingly desperate plight of Jesus and his family, and each time God comes through. In fact, one of the key focuses of, of the Matthew story is the focus on the star, something that speaks of the light and life and power of the one who was also the baby holding it in place. That very same star then rise, uh, rises and then rests, just like the child it points to, will one day also do. There's even the theme of journey in the story, from heaven to earth, from Bethlehem to Egypt, from Egypt to Nazareth, all amidst opposition. That was Israel's story, Jesus now relives. It's also our story as we pilgrim on to our final destination of eternity. So we see who God is in name and description. We see the way that the story points to him in action and detail. But lastly, when we look, we can even see this sense of wonder at who God is and what he's done, even in the festive details of our own Christmases. The magnificent lights that speak of his holiness and power. The decorations speak of his creativity and beauty, yet, even the tinsel. The need to prepare and get the shopping done speaks of his anticipated return. The celebrations speak of the joy of his coming and all it accomplished. The rolling round of Christmas once again speaks of his ever-present faithfulness. Even the songs and the carols, they tell of a much bigger story than our own. The Christmas films, they base their story within the one big story of Christmas. And then, of course, there's the gifts that speak of the true gift, the giver of life, who from that Christmas moment has been with us in every situation. He's all over the story, all over our story, because truly it's his story. And when we seek and see him, we're captivated and enabled to enjoy an even better celebration. I wonder where you'll see him in the detail in the next few weeks. Thanks so much for listening. Merry Christmas.